I'm excited about these next three messages. New series leading up to Easter. And the title of this series is The Resurrection. Really? The Resurrection. So I'm going to tell you this little story. I may have told this story before. <laughs> And if I, and I, if I have, just look straight ahead and act like you've never heard it. But um, 38 years ago, I, I, I had to go back and remember how long ago that this was. But 38 years ago, I was in my apartment in McAllen, Texas on a Saturday. And... Um, these two guys on bicycles with black pants and white shirts and ties in McAllen, Texas, sweating down. I mean, pouring sweat. Because in McAllen, I think it was maybe May or June when this was, um, it was at least 100 degrees and probably 100% humidity plus. And these guys had ties on and white shirts and black pants, and they came to my door, and just, it was, I mean, I, I, mean I, I wanted to take them to my bedroom and let them lay down or do something and rest. I felt really bad for them. And uh, they told me the organization that they were with and the church that they were with, you can kind of have an idea of probably who they were, I'm not against anybody, any church organization or anything else. But they said, um, we're here and uh, we, we would like to talk to you about Jesus. And I said, come on. You know, for some reason my wife wasn't there. It was before children. And uh, I had them come in. I said, would you like something to drink? Yes, we would. So I poured them something. They drank. They sat. And for two hours, two solid hours, we talked about Jesus. And everything that we talked about, and I had, been, I had been led to believe, and I didn't believe it, and I didn't pass judgment on other people. I've just always been that way. People can have all their ideas about how corrupt this group is or that or whatever, but I, I got to hear it from the horse's mouth, you know? I mean, I got to see it, and then I need to pray for it. Can you say amen to that, right? So I'm not against anybody. But I, I had never talked to anybody of this, this organization, and... Um, and so I wanted to hear what they had to say. So for about an hour and 45 minutes, everything we talked about, we agreed 100% on for an hour and 45. Remember, we talked for two hours. And in the last 15 minutes of our conversation, we got to the original life The death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for 15 minutes, we totally disagreed. And this is my question to these guys. I said, what I just told you about this, how can you believe all that other stuff and not believe this? That was an honest question. I, wouldn't, I wasn't being critical or anything. 
I just how how can you believe in all the promises of God and everything that we talked about for like an hour and forty five minutes? I mean, man, we're on the same page. Man, I was excited because I was fixing to start a crusade to tell people you're nuts about what you think about this organization. And then we got to how he got here and his purpose for being here and his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And our belief about that was the difference in night and day. And you know what their answer was? I don't know. You don't know. And you're telling people about Jesus Christ, and you don't believe in the virgin birth, and you don't believe that his purpose was to die, to be raised, to bring mankind back in connection with the God, the creator of the universe. You know, the creator of the universe can do anything he wants to do, but he set it up that way. He gave us the authority in the earth. Adam and Eve gave it away. And Jesus brought it back. And I said, and you don't believe today that he was raised from the dead, ascended upon high, and now sits at the right hand of the Father. And you can't tell me why. Wow. And that started me on a journey through the years. And it comes right down to my message today. People don't understand the resurrection and everything that goes with that. There is no resurrection if there's not a virgin birth, right? And listen, anybody can die, right? Anybody can die. But it's another thing to be raised from the dead and then in your resurrected glorified body Ascending to the Father, leaving here. Nobody's ever done that. Nobody. Not what he did. Nobody's ever done that. And you have to have faith in God that that's real. And what I'm telling you today is, if you can really believe in the resurrection, if you can really believe the resurrection and what it is and what it means... You can believe anything and you can have anything in life that God wants you to have. But you have to believe in the resurrection. And what I'm going to do in this three-part series on Easter Sunday, we're going to talk about the actual resurrection. We're going to talk a little bit before that, right as he's on the cross. Not going to go into the details and everything before, but just right when he's on the cross, Asking the Father to forgive all of humanity. And what that really was that happened there. And then we're going to look at the death and the resurrection on Easter Sunday morning. But until then, we're going to like fast forward a, a tad bit. And we're going to look at the resurrection on this side of the cross. And what it means. And, and how we need... To have not just, not just an understanding of it, yes, but revelation on it. 
And you need to be able to talk to two guys in white shirts and ties and explain to them the revelation because from that day, and, it's, and, and I, I didn't pray every day for them, but in, especially in the last, I don't know how many years, I've been praying for those two guys, that the seed that I planted in their life is returning, amen, the way God wants it returned, and that those people, are, because those two guys that knew the Bible, they knew their Bible, and their Bible was pretty close to my Bible, and they knew it, but they were not born again. You cannot be born again if you do not believe in the virgin birth and the blood of Jesus and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot be born again. I mean, I wish a person could, but they can't. And the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ and what he accomplished. It's the only way to heaven. And so, as Christians today, we just need to take a deep breath. We don't need to shove that down anybody's throat. You understand? We don't, we don't need to be waving a banner and, and trying to make it happen. We need to be living it. And if you don't live it, you can wave all kinds of flags and do whatever you want to do and have some attitude and passion, you know, and, and, and be mad at the whole world and mad at everybody that doesn't believe like you, and you're not going to accomplish a dang thing. I'm just telling you right now. I don't like the look of this planet right now. And you know what? This is my planet. How about you? Do you all see it that way? I don't like the look of this planet right now. And you know what? I'm changing it one person at a time. And you know what I have, which you should have, we all should have, but I'm telling you what I have. I have the wisdom of God. I have the understanding of God. And I'm changing this planet one person at a time. I don't care what anybody else's ideas and thought processes and all that kind of stuff. Somebody asks me what I believe and they don't believe the way I do, I'm going to tell them, don't ask, you don't, you don't want an answer, don't ask me. But I'm not out there shoving my answers in people's faces. I'm busy with myself living this thing. And we got to understand what the resurrection is. I've got two, I've got two... This is my wrong page. I had to. <laughs> I've got two definitions I want you to look at just here on the screen for a moment. It's important over the next couple of weeks and beyond that you meditate on these two. They're very short definitions, but I want you to think about this, okay? It's, imp- it's important in you understanding the resurrection and the first word is a resurrection. But the definition of resurrection is, the definition I have here, you could get all kinds of different definitions, but I've accumulated this from different sources. It's a resurgence or a rising again to prominence. Ha. <laughs> And what is prominence? Give me the prominence. A position of superiority. 
The resurrection we're talking about is a resurgence, a rising to our rightful place, His rightful place in the earth as being supreme. See, there is no other authority but His. There is no other God but our God. I'm talking about what the Bible says. Other people argue with it on this, but I'm talking about you believing the Bible. There is no other God than our God. But in the earth, He gave authority to man and man gave it up. He never took it back, but man gave it up. So before the foundation of the world, Father, Son, and Word had a plan of redemption before we, re- we even were or we were, we were even thought about. That plan of redemption. You understand? And in that redemption and that deliverance for you and I, Jesus brought to us the position that we were created to have. And what position was that? To, to reign supreme in the earth. He gave us His authority. He didn't take it back. He didn't lose it. But we lost it in the earth. He gained it back. And that's what we're talking about today. And I want to look with those two definitions in mind. I want to look at three passages of Scripture. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 and 4. I'm going to read this in, in, in three different translations. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Everybody say a living hope. I want you to focus on that in this passage of Scripture as we go into the, the other two passages in a moment. He said, He has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You and I have a hope that is living if we understand the resurrection because he says this after that. The Apostle Paul says this. To an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away, Reserved in heaven for you. Mm, mm, mm. Listen to this in the message. What a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him. This father of our master Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for. That's called hope. When you have hope, and when you have true Bible hope, you have everything to live for. And you know what? When you have hope from God, it's not conditional. Well, I have everything to live for because I I have this person in my life, or this, this one in my life, or this thing, or this situation, or whatever, and because of all that, everything's great. No. Because what if that person leaves? If your hope is not anchored in what the resurrection accomplished, there's nothing lasting. 
Did you hear what I said? The Passion Translation says it like this. Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us His extravagant mercy. He's shown us His extravagant mercy. For His foundation of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope. A living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Your energetic hope that is alive on the inside of you comes from revelation of the resurrection. Keep following me. We are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, never diminished. How often can that ever be removed? Never. Say never. Now, this is an inheritance that will never be removed. If you're born again, you have that inheritance. For that inheritance to manifest now and beyond, you have to have revelation of what the resurrection accomplished. Yeah, Jesus rose from the dead and la, 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 la. My two buddies in the white shirts and the ties and the sweaty faces were doing more to evangelize people with the fact that Jesus Christ was real than at the time most Christians I knew to evangelize in anything else. And they weren't even born again. What it takes for born again people, I'm telling you today and in this series, what it takes for born again people to have passion and a living hope is to understand the resurrection. I'm saying to you today, most people I know don't understand the resurrection. I'm just stepping into new levels and heights of it my, in just myself. Uh, listen, everything that we know, I don't care what you know about anything, you don't know anything like you need to know. So just take a deep breath. And don't be offended if you think I'm looking at you. You're not that special. I wasn't thinking of what you don't know and thought, I need to preach this word. Right? Man, I'm preaching this from out of what I didn't know. Man, I've been looking for some of those guys in the white shirts and the bikes. I want them to come back by my house. Because I got more to give them than I've ever had in my life. But can you imagine? Can you imagine talking about my Savior and you're not, you don't even know him? Can you imagine going around and telling everybody about how big and how great that Jesus is and you don't even know him? You, you have no relationship because it's a spiritual relationship. Holy moly. I'm just telling you, saved and unsaved alike, I find most people don't have an understanding of the resurrection. Everybody say, I do. Amen.
from today on even. It's going to get better just because of the scriptures that I'm reading to you. Amen? <clears throat> Philippians 3, verse 10 and 11. Second passage. Philippians 3, 10 and 11. I, this passage of scripture has been a part of my born again life from like in the first year I was saved. I've been saved for 45 years and in the first year I was saved. This passage has just, just been a part of me. It's rung in my ears and I, and I feel like I see things right now that I've never ever seen before. And there's a lot of passage here. It'd be good for you to go read before and after but I just want these two verses. They're very short. And I just want these two verses, what Paul was saying here. He said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain, watch this, that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. The resurrection from the dead is what he did. And Paul said that I may attain to that by, by what? By knowing him. I've got to know him to be able to attain to the, that, the, the power that is in the resurrection from the dead. The revelation, it's not you and I going to a... To be tortured and going to a grave. No, he did it, so, and he rose so we could die with him and be raised with him. We've got to see the death part of this, and we've got to see the resurrection part of it, because he was raised from the dead. Can you say amen? Listen to this in the Amplified Translation, Philippians 3, 10, and 11. This went from two short verses to two long verses. Because of the translation. It was a joke. <clears throat> For my determined purpose is, my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that I may, in that same way, come to know the power, the outflowing from his resurrection. Where is that outflowing? You and me. The outflowing of that resurrection now what it produced, it's everything that it produced. That's why he said, he said, for I am, my determined purpose is to know everything about what actually happened so that it could flow out of me. Be life-changing in me so it can flow out of me. We're the difference makers on the planet, folks. You're waiting for some difference to happen. It's going to only happen with you. You stick your head in the sand. You don't take things serious today. You, you, you know, but you got to take things serious in a correct way. 
You've got to take things serious being led by the Spirit of God. That outflow has got to be exactly the way Jesus would do the outflow. I can't have the attitude that, well, you know, I'm just going to this or whatever or that. Or, you know, I don't care. I don't like those people. I don't like this situation. There's so many things that we don't like. Anybody feel that way? Man, there's so much stuff I don't like. I mean, there's, so, there's more things I don't like than what I like out there. Man, I've just had to realize I've got to get my focus off of that. And it's got to stay here so that I can navigate through those things I don't like and be what, be what Jesus would be. Is, is everybody on the same page with me? Are we not supposed to do and be as he did? And you know, people can create some really weird ideas of things that they think Jesus would do. But number one, you've got to find it in the Word. Number two, you have to have the Holy Spirit reveal it to you, to your given situation. There's no cookie-cutter thing in this. That's too easy. Sure wish it would have been that way, but it's not. Right? Everything happens in each of our lives under the direction of the Holy Spirit based on the effort and the time that we spend to know Him. That's what Paul's saying. The more I know him, the more I understand what happened when he was raised from the dead. My two friends in McAllen 38 years ago, they left my house and we were good. There was no, you know, me chasing them down the street trying to catch the devil out of them or something else. I did that with some other guys, but I didn't these guys. I had learned by then. <clears throat> but we were good. But I purposed then to pray for them. And I didn't pray for them all the time, but I have in the last number of years been praying for those guys. Wherever they're at, they're somewhere on the planet. I believe they're still alive and somewhere on the planet. And they will accept Jesus Christ as their Savior because they'll understand the resurrection. You know, they weren't arguing with me about the resurrection. They just said they don't know why they don't believe it. And I think there's many, many people that don't know why. There are many people that I've come across that have made confessions to receive Jesus, but they don't believe that they're saved because they've done some bad things. I mean, I know most of us have not done anything bad at all in life, right? No. I mean, they're deceived. They don't know him. You can't make a confession and get born again. You have to believe it. And you have to accept it by faith. And you need a place like this to help and teach you how to receive that. And as much as, as a person will let us, we'll help you understand what it means to be born a second time. It's not like Nicodemus thought about going back into your mother's womb. In, his, in the story between Nicodemus and Jesus. It's being born spiritually. And that spiritual birth is a result of the resurrection. There would be no spiritual second birth without the resurrection. There would be nothing without the resurrection. I'm saying there would be nothing. And we'll read about that in a moment. But he said, and that I, that, and that I may in that same way come to know the power, the outflowing of his resurrection which it exerts over believers 
and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and the moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while I'm in the body. Now, this is, this is I, I don't have a lot of time on this, but I'm just going to explain it. We're going to actually look at a little bit more of this next week. But, but here's the thing. If you're not born again, if, you're, if, you're, if a person is walking on planet Earth and they're not born again, and there's a TV series named after them, they're the walking dead. They're the walking dead. And it's not like the TV series. I don't, I've never watched it, but I've, I've, I've heard about it. But it's not like that. But they're walking around on planet Earth with all authority in heaven and earth given to them, and they don't know it, so they can't exercise it. Every human being was created in the image of God. And it takes the second birth to be ignited and come to life and be a recipient of what the resurrection produced. And again, what has the resurrection produced? Everything. Everything. I'm telling you, one of the great benefits of understanding the resurrection is you don't ever have to be afraid of anything ever again in your life. Never. I didn't say fear won't come. I don't say you have the opportunity to be afraid. But when you're faced with the fear, you're able to confront fear, not cope with fear. Anybody ever tell you to cope with fear? You, you got to renew your mind from that. You got to get rid of that. There's no coping mechanisms in the Bible. We have the ability to resist fear, command fear to flee in our presence, but from the revelation of the resurrection. Something comes at me, something tells me that something's not going to work in my life. No, 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 no. <laughs> he was raised from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and I'm sitting with him. <laughs> Ephesians 2, in case you think I'm being a something. Ephesians 2 says we've been seated with him in heavenly places. We're there. So, he died a death. We got to die to our old ways and come alive. And what he's saying in this verse of scripture, that, that being coming into the understanding of the resurrection spiritually, it lifts us. It lifts us to a place out from among the dead while living in our bodies. Now we're not walking dead people. And, and, and I'll, I'm just going to go one step further, and I'll prove this to you probably next week. I'll just go a little bit step further. But there are Christian people that are part of the walking dead in a little different way, okay? A little different way, because if you're born again, then you're not walking dead like someone that's not. And what I mean by that is when you have been born a second time, your human spirit 
becomes one with the Holy Spirit, and it ignites what was already there to happen. It was laying dormant until that time, and now it comes alive. And man, I wish the day I got born again that I didn't have to do anything else. (laughs) Then we just kind of slide into, you know, Port Isabel or slide into the beaches at uh, Panama City Beach, just drink tea for the rest of our lives. Just soak up the sun rays. We don't have to do a thing, man. Just kind of lay around and do nothing. I wish it was that way, but it ain't. Kind of thought it was. Because, man, when I got saved, man, I was stoked. I mean, I was ready. I mean, I was running people off from me all all over the place. Because I was so empowered and so ready. But soon the honeymoon wore off, and I realized there were some other things that had to happen. And you know what that is? That's the salvation of your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. And you can be part of the walking dead, having a mind, a will, and emotions that have never been renewed by the truth of God's Word. Walking dead. So we're coming out of the dead life, being alive, even though there's death walking around everywhere. And and that's the point he's making here. See, if we spend all our time focused on all the dead stuff going on, every report you get that is not bathed in the Word of God is a dead report because it has to do with issues regarding the walking dead, either the unborn again walking dead or the unrenewed walking dead. And He's brought us out of this death into this place of life And where we get stronger with that, listen, all of us have some of that death hanging around, that darkness. Matthew says, Matthew made the point, he said, if the dark, if the, if, how do you say it? If the darkness, if the, if the light that is in you, thank you, if the light that is in you is darkened, the question is, how deep is that darkness? (laughs) Well, when I first had that preached to me, probably 30 years ago, I didn't realize how deep the darkness was in my life. So I was part of the walking dead in coming out of things, but still having darkness. So we're all part of that in one way or another, and I want it out. How about you? I mean, I want it all out, so just stay passionate all your life. You're not going to get it out in 15 minutes ever. You're going to always be going to new levels or new heights. If not, then you don't need Him. But the light is getting brighter and brighter and brighter until the full day. Come on. And that full day is coming. Now, i got to finish with this last passage out of 1 Corinthians 15. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to read it out of one translation. Thank you, Lord. Somebody, I heard somebody say that. (laughs) Only one translation. Um, And I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. And it's found in 1 Corinthians 15, starting with verse 12. So just follow with me here, and it's going to answer a few things that we've already talked about. But tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection from the dead? Question mark. For if there is no resurrection... Of the dead, and I'm going to tell you this up front, this is where we're going to pick up next week is from this passage. We're going to kind of dig this out, okay? 
but I'm going to read it to you today and at least give you two points. I'm going to read it again. But tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? They said it then. They said it in McAllen, Texas 38 years ago. There's no resurrection that we know of. There wasn't anything like that, and there never will be anything like that. For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God. Pastor Bert the same way, right? Anybody else that preaches the Word? For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. And, notice he repeated himself a couple of times here. Watch this. But then he throws this in. He said, your faith is useless and you are still guilty of all your sins. Now I want to show a hands on this. I want to show a hands. I'm going to ask you these two questions. Well, I'm going to ask it this way and one show of hands and then the second show of hands. How many believe, how many here would say that most people you know are walking around not guilty? Or they're walking around guilty? How about the not guilty people? How many, how many people do you see walking around today all, all, all over the place and they're walking around so free and not guilty of anything? So I don't even have to ask the next question. Everybody is walking around guilty. Everybody is focused on their mistakes. Everybody is battling with not feeling like God would love them or that they're good enough because of everything that they've done in their life. Way past today, what you did yesterday, what you did last night. People are walking around guilty. And he said right here, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. What is that saying today? People don't understand what the resurrection really means. But Paul goes on to tell this church here and he's telling this church here, the church at Corinth, and he's telling this church here today. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, if it's only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Heaven's a real place. The only hope we have in life is here. We're to be pitied beyond 
the whatever. The people that I hear, that you hear, talk and testify about this is all there is, they're to be pitied more than any human being on the planet because they don't even have a clue. This is like, this life here is like an F1 race. And the guys come into the pits, boom, boom, and you're back in the race. This is a pit stop for eternity. A pit stop. And because of a little truth, there's times I can hear my house being built. <laughs> it's like you can just hear it. And because of my wife, I know what I want in a house. And God said he'd give you the desires of your heart. I know what I want in a house because of my wife. Because I like what she likes. And she likes plans and she's got all kinds of things built up and dreams and all that stuff. But you know, God makes sure all those things come to pass. He makes sure they all come to pass. But why would they not be preparing you for what you want? When he said... Papa had a cabin, you know, it's probably about four stories high, you know, and 900 bedrooms in it. You know, I don't know how big it is, but he loved cabins. He's going to give you the desire of your heart. Your house is going to look like whatever, whatever it is. And that's not to be all melancholy and, and, and think about living over there. No, he wants us to live here like we're there. You understand? That's what we got to understand this, and we've got to understand what the resurrection produced for us. So he says this in my ending. He says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Can I get an amen out of that? Amen. He tells them, he says, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Now listen, there's many that have gone before us, like my father-in-law and many of your family members and different ones, they've gone before us. But he's also talking about those who have died here, still walking in their earthly bodies. That's what we're going to talk about next week. I'm going to say it again. He, yes, there's people that have died, but I'm a dead man walking. Amen? I'm dead to the flesh. <laughs> I'm dead to the past. And I'm walking in the newness of life. And he said, because he's risen, the people that have chosen to die here can live like they're there now. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, and that's what Adam did, was Adam still walking around after he died spiritually? Yeah. Now, the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man and is now continuing through me. How about you? It's continuing through us. Every human being on the planet. God's no respecter of person. 
God doesn't look at one person better than another. He loves everybody. That's why people that don't know him and they're acting like a nut, you put your mouth on him, you're putting your mouth on somebody that was created in the image of God. I mean, just think for, just think for a moment. This is a kind of a strange question, and then I'll be done. Think of somebody you really don't like. Don't give me their name. I don't want to know anything about any of that kind of stuff. Just think of somebody you really don't like. That person was created in the image of God. God loves them. Did you hear me? Amen? So we've got to learn how to live free from all the stuff that tries to bind us up and live in the newness and the freshness of this resurrection revelation so that we can help other people be raised from the dead here and live in the newness of life here. Can you say amen? So all of this that I'm talking about today is pointing to the necessity of understanding the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ on a daily basis.